Welcome to DJ Grandpa's Crib, the crowdfunding podcast. Each week I interview real people with honest dreams. Today is Monday, April 14th, 2014. And on this day in history, U.S. Airways made what I call fresh history with the inappropriate tweet that flew around the world. Good to see that such a big corporation, like U.S. Airways, doesn't take itself too seriously. In the year 117 AE, after Earth, during an exceptionally violent storm dubbed the Red Solstice, the human colonies on Mars lost all contact with Tharsis, the colony referred to as the capital. Soldiers in the service of the Elysium Corporation, elite marine troops, were sent to find out what happened to the colony. The Red Solstice on Kickstarter by Iron Ward, and I'm talking to Mr. H. I believe he is the head man in charge, and that's why I'm calling him Mr. H. And I am very excited about this Kickstarter. You would ask me why? I mean, all you gotta do is look at the video. I'm a guy, and I get excited by visuals. And this video has like troops on it. It looks like it has aliens. It at least has warring factions on it. And I'm thinking Battlestar Galactica when I looked at it. And that's what I keep saying over and over. I was like, man, this reminds me of Battlestar Galactica. You know, the reboot with the female Starbuck. And you know how incredible that was. So that's why I'm here with Mr. H and we're, you know, he and I are touching base. I'm in the US, he's in Croatia, but it doesn't matter, man. We're only six pixels away. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having us. Sorry to talk so much, man. No problem. I'm here, you talk, we'll communicate normally, and uh, we're cool, you know? Yeah, man, but you're cooler than I am, man. That's, you know, I gotta get jealous. <laughs> why, why am I cooler? <laughs> because I'm like, you know, sell, 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 and you're like just laid back. It's like, man, you know, we on Kickstarter and we doing what we do, man. We doing what we. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I can't be like that right now. I mean, I'm usually cool, calm, collected, but I saw Red Solstice on Kickstarter, and I was like, I'd really like to be involved if these cats would give me a chance, and so. I'm very happy that you did give me a chance. So you like the video, you say, like, it's cool like this? I love the video, man. It was like, you know, like I said, it was like Battlestar Galactica to me. Why does it remind you of uh, Battlestar Galactica? I'm a sci-fi type of guy, period, right? Yeah. I remember a line from Stargate, and the, he was always saying on Stargate, the, the commander, he was always saying, I want some big honking space guns. And yeah, you yeah. guys had like, in the video, had they had like these big honking space guns. And so that brings me to Battlestar Galactica because, you know, it was about guns. And, you know, whoever had the biggest firepower kind of won. And it's <laughs> like, I'm seeing you guys like march kind of like in an infantry type of way across the screen. And so you kind of like see a military type of tactics being played out in this video game. And that's why, I, well... That and I'd just been watching a Battlestar Galactica marathon <laughs> for about five days yeah, that's now. about it. <laughs> so I was trying to pull all that together and then I was like, hold up. 
It's because I've been watching the Battlestar Galactica marathon for five days. My <laughs> <laughs> my Who knows? I know, but it's like you. It's like it still benefited you either way. I spun the story, man. I wasn't trying to lie. <laughs> yeah. So I am very susceptible to advertising and, and things like. Aren't I supposed to be interviewing you? What what is this? You've turned the yeah, tables. Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's uh, ask the question. Shoot away. <laughs> Shoot away. All right. Well. In your letter, you appeal to me as real people with honest dreams. Like you put everything into this game, your team, trying to make this dream come true. That's totally true. We've been working like for the past five years, you know, using our own uh, finances. Right. Like uh, working from uh, college and stuff like that in our free time to make this work. And mm -hmm. now like we reached some kind of a quality version that we can present to people. And so far the reception has been pretty good. And the Kickstarter is basically a goal to make the game properly polished, add a lot more content and release it for the public right. and final version. Uh, so we can all be happy about it and uh, be proud of that game totally, 100%. Let's say, you know, hypothetically, alternate universe, you get the money, you fund it. Will it take you another five years to finish this game? Oh, or no, when, am, no. when am I going to get my game, man? That's, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm about. When am I going to get my game? Let's say if the Kickstarter is funded, the first beta version is going to be playable around one month after the Kickstarter. We're just going to finish it up, uh, finish some stuff, and then we're going to keep adding content. It's going to be on Steam Early Access like a month after. That's the right. plan. And we are planning to release it in August this year. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty soon, man. I'm sorry I asked you such a loaded question. You. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a mean question. When am I going to get my stuff, man? <laughs> What's the story of Red Solstice? Because I haven't really explained it to the people. I've been hyping and hyping and hyping, and you know that's kind of a injustice in a little bit. So why don't you tell me what Red Solstice is all about? Red Solstice is the name of the storm, and the Red Solstice is happening. The, the storm is happening 117 years after the evacuation of Earth, oh. and Earth has been decimated by the virus that has killed all the humans and made them mutate into various alien-like creatures. That includes zombies too, of course. Zombies are unstoppable, <laughs> yeah, yeah. man. You can't leave them out. So basically now, uh, current situation, people are on Mars. They have created colonies and they have started terraforming Mars up to 60% already. And there's a huge storm happening at the moment. There's like every winter solstice on Mars, there's a huge sandstorms happening. And the red solstice is like the biggest sandstorm ever. And all communications are down in the biggest capital colony, and that's where the that's where the trouble starts. Basically, you are a part of a elite marine force who have to discover what has happened. And of course, there's a huge amount of creatures roaming around the colony. You have to find the source, eliminate it. You have to find a way to stop that entire chaos that's been happening. You have many many tools and ways to do it. The game has a, a four alternate endings depending on your performance in the field. And you have some big honking space guns. Am I correct? Definitely. You have the nuke. That's all you need to know. Oh, well, it gets no bigger than that, man. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you're saying I got an antimatter, I mean that would go. <laughs> That's the expansion. Antimatter. Antimatter is the expansion. Yeah. <laughs> You and how many people on your team? There's eight people on, uh, on the team and over 25 people have worked in various versions of the game like volunteering, helping or like just for the credits or stuff like that. Okay. So we wanted to help them, they helped us, so uh, they both, uh, we helped each other basically. It's, it's a game of our dreams because uh, 
be really uh, happy about it and how it became because it's entertaining, it's addictive, and it has a replayability factor that you keep coming back after. Oh play, yeah, yeah, play, yeah! You know? Like like those um, Battlestar Galactica marathons I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> replay factor. Yeah, the replay <laughs> factor, the Battlestar Galactica marathon. <laughs> well, what haven't I asked you? You know, like like I didn't get the point. I left something out. What's a big sales point that maybe I missed and you want me to know? The Red Souls is a game which is played with seven other players, basically, in a co-op cooperation. So you find seven other friends, you sit up and you play together as a marine squad. Right, right. You can be a leader, so you can lead your squad, like give waypoints, create routes. There's a lot, a lot of strategy in the game, and that's, uh, that's what we're really, really proud of it. That's what also gives the replayability factor, because sometimes you're going to lead the squad to death, sometimes you're going to lead them to victory, sometimes you'll finish different missions, sometimes you'll get a bad ending, sometimes you'll get a good ending, sometimes you'll find a boss you have never seen before. So basically there's a lot of random factor also happening in the game. Right. For all the people who love like uh, tactical games, uh, games for example like Dawn of War 2, XCOM, Syndicate Wars, Red Souls is something they will surely enjoy. It's especially a nice uh, when playing with friends over the over the network, like eight friends put right, together right. and they play. That's like awesome feeling, like, you know. Right, you have right. to survive in a one-hour session, whether for good or for the bad. It's up to you. You mean you scare me, man? I mean that adrenaline <laughs> and stuff, man. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. Um, Thanks, man. Is there a nice long playthrough or something, or an alpha build or something? That people, yeah. if they wanted to check that out on Kickstarter or or was that Steamlight or something like that? Yeah, at the moment there's like a demo version of the game. It's like a single player part of the game. Uh, it basically presents the game mechanics. You can like activate stories and stuff like that. Basically, it's a cool 10 minute uh, gameplay just so, so players can see what can they expect the game. Now, that's only a single player version, but uh, it shows all the mechanics that you will experience in the multiplayer co-op version of the game. How do they find it? It's on the Kickstarter page. They, it's a demo there. You just click it and download it. So. For anyone out there, go to Kickstarter and if you're into like a dystopic, but you know, kind of blood and guts type of thing, Red Solstice by Iron Ward. And if you can't find it there, go to DJGrandpa.com where we have the coolest games out there. And sometimes they're games that nobody even has. You know why? Because they're not funded yet. As soon as they get their funding, then everybody will have it. So you want to be part of the revolution. You want to be one of those early adopters of technology. Yeah, that's the place to go. Thanks, Mr. H, man. It was really cool talking to you, man, and the whole Croatia thing, man. Totally live. You guys have... I hear you guys throw the livest parties, man. Thank you, man. That's true. <laughs> you got to come to Croatia. Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Ryan. And together we run The Infantry, a small design and branding shop here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Over the past 10 years, we've done just about everything, like illustration, poster design, icons, logos. We've done marketing strategy. Lots of logos. Research. Did I say logos? More <laughs> logos. We've worked with some great clients. And some not so good clients. We've done some hiring and some firing. Firing? You did firing? Did some firing. <laughs>
Um, if we haven't mentioned, we love board games. We're designers and big board game enthusiasts. So doors. combining our love of board games and the trials of our industry, we are proud to bring you Creative Clash. Should I refer to you guys as Ryan 1, Ryan 2? Should so I, one is his smoker. last name is Smoker. Right. Yeah. So he gets called Smoke or Smoker a lot. I just stick with Ryan. He just gets Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ryan and Smoker. Okay, but they're both Ryan's. Welcome to DJ Grandpa's crib. Let's get that off the, you know. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we're glad to be here. This is a great opportunity. Thank you. What is the game really about, Creative Clash? So it's really about running your own ad agency, your own creative agency. Uh, you're going to get dealt a card in the beginning of the game. That's what we call a principal or you're the owner. Gives you a, a special ability that's going to sort of be your role throughout the game. So you're going to hire employees. Uh, you're going to put skills on them, sort of customize them with copywriting or design. And once you have a workforce of skilled employees, you can do some big projects like a social cause or we even have a board game project in the game. Right. And then on top of that, there's things like stuff cards. So like craft spirits and executive suite and tailored suits. And so all these things that ultimately what you're trying to do is pump up your own ego to reach your ego goal to win. And it all happens in about half an hour. There's also a pretty big element of gotcha or take that where you can draw these event cards where you can steal employees from another studio. Yeah. You can throw a holiday party on them and they they skip their turn because, you know, everyone's out drinking at the holiday party. So we yeah, just try to... I already know that one. Yeah. <laughs> We try to infuse a lot of humor into it from the creative world. And you guys really believe this is a mad, mad men type of world. You know, what you see in Mad Men is their ideas being stolen, their employees shifting from one agency to the next. That's this game. So as you build up your team of, you know, of, of very qualified employees, the rest of the agencies or that rest of the principals around the table are looking to snag your people, to sabotage the jobs you're working on, to... Mm -hmm in any way stop you from reaching that ego goal. If you can just sit back and just keep collecting stuff, you're going to quickly uh, find yourself the target of a lot of, a lot of stuff happening to you hmm. as everybody just turns all their attention to you. So it's a very much a, a attack the leader type of a game, but it has some strategy really depending on who your principal is, right. what their skills are, and what cards you get dealt in your hand. I get that in the crowdfunding world. If I stand out sometimes too much, <laughs> I get smacked down. <laughs> It's a mad, mad world, man. It's a mad world, absolutely. <laughs> is this game fun? Because you guys are fun, but is this game fun? And I don't think you guys would make a game if, if it wasn't fun to you, so. We have played this game probably 100 times together at this point, you know, in differing stages of playtesting, and right. it's still a good time for us. It plays quick. It's different every time because the cards are so random, and depending on the situation of when you have them, it really can set the whole tone. We talk about this often. We create this game because if we didn't start being able to share this story, we were just going to cry because <laughs> what we've experienced, it's just laughable. Firing people when you're you know, six months into a job and have never really worked for anyone else before. The fact that you work with the same three people at two different agencies, um, yeah. it's reality for us. I got you. But right. it is a lot of fun. I mean, you're talking about the ad agency. I'm talking about crowdfunding, but it feels like, it feels like it's almost the same world in, Absolutely. in some ways. 
you know? Yeah, it's it's that communications industry in general. It's people and, and, and service. It's people in general. Oh, yeah, customer yeah. service, man. That is a rough road to hoe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's why we're trying to do product here. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know your ages, but it almost seems like you guys went to college or something together. <laughs> <laughs> we're both from the same town, but uh, didn't know each other until we got to college. We were in the same major. I always jokingly called him my nemesis. I'd be the guy who had no sleep the night before coming in <laughs> with uh, the idea pretty much fully baked, but none of the final creative. And Ryan was like in bed at 10 o'clock with the idea completely finalized. Everything was buttoned up. And so... I was striving for what he was able to produce at the end results. And I like to think he at least was intrigued by at least my ideas. <laughs> yes, but he chuckles, as you would say, I'd like to think. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much our relationship. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he says this. I, I think we had a good back and forth. We challenged one another to just get better. He also introduced me to games. So uh, I do have him to blame for that as well. And uh, we started playing Settlers and Puerto Rico and stuff like that. Yeah. I will say I'm personally not the biggest of like real, real in-depth, like, you know, six hour long strategy games. I haven't gotten into the miniatures a whole lot, but we wanted to create something that was approachable, easy to learn for kind of first time gamers. And we kind of thought maybe the charge of, of what we need to do with this game is introduce the design community to gaming. It brought two things that we kind of loved. And, and every time we explain this to somebody, whether it's a client, a friend of ours who is not familiar with gaming, they kind of scratch their head and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Right. We talk to gamers, and it's an instant like, oh, cool, it's a game about your industry. Uh, but when we talk to the design industry, even people that we've, you know, large names within the industry, they have no concept of, of what this world is. That's weird. To them, it's Monopoly and Sorry and <laughs> Uno, maybe, perhaps. Let's not go there, because if you've <laughs> ever listened to the show, <laughs> before I started the show, the board gaming ended for me with Monopoly and stuff and Risk and stuff. Right, right. The whole show is an educational moment for me. Yeah. So you'd be teaching me right along with those guys. I see that the game does say 30 minutes, so I see what you're saying about the quick play. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it it takes all types. And, and, you know, sometimes people send send me a game and it says like, well, this game approximately will take 17 hours. And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, how will I do my job if I'm playing a game for 17 hours? Our wives will not put up with that. I'd lose my wife if I if I do oh, that on the regular. <laughs> uh, did I hear? I heard your your interview with Roger Hicks. You guys are you got a pretty big family. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah, seven children. Yeah, and he has yeah. eight. So I mean, put us together, man. Congratulations, yeah, yeah, man. That's, that's great. Are you congratulating me or him? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not even sure. <laughs> No, it's great. They, they keep you busy. But yeah, Ryan said, who has 17 hours to put into a game? Right. You know, it's our first effort at making a game. So we didn't want to jump in too far and too heavy. Just make it fun. When you guys were doing the video, were you guys yourselves in that video? Because my producer was like, they're adorable. As far as Ryan and I, we've uh, we've known each other for now, what, 14 years? Yeah. We see each other a lot more than we see our wives. And so the reality is we have to enjoy what we're doing. We have to enjoy hanging out with each other. We have a staff of seven other people here that work with us. We're pretty low-key in, in the world of advertising, design. And if we're not having fun doing it, why are we doing it? So 
Yeah, I mean, what you saw in that video, if you got to watch the end where um, Ryan's just kind of playing drums and, and kind of bobbing his head around, that's right. that was completely not scripted. That just happened and just yeah. ended up staying in. We're a bit of dorks. That's where I with it. <laughs> I was going to say, we recognize, you know, our game may not be for everyone, but for us, it was the closest thing we understood to, you know, hey, we have a segment that potentially is untapped as far as gamers in the industry and it's something that we acknowledge that as, as designers and gamers, uh, there's things that we'd like to share as well. But for anyone out there, if you're looking for a very cool game that I think has sort of a, a niche, a niche, check out Creative Clash, a card game. It's on Kickstarter. It's by the Infantry. They're out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and they're up and coming. I think they're on the rise. And if you can't find them there... I would always say go to djgrandpa.com where we have people such as Ryan and Ryan of the Infantry and Creative Clash, a very cool game. Dude, thank you very much for coming on the show, man, and, and just keeping DJ Grandpa honest. <laughs> Thanks for having us. It's, uh, it's fun. Remember, we are the crowdfunding channel, and we cover the globe. Hi. My name is Nick. I'm the president of 4D Optical and the inventor of the microscope. Nick, First, this like is the most incredible invention, man. I want to describe it myself, but but it's better if you do it, man. What, what <laughs> is the microbe scope? It's weird and new. Right. It's a microscope, and it's different because mostly it's mm. inverted, which mm. means it looks up from down below. Right. It's got a fixed focus, so you put the sample right on the lens. It's a microscope, but it's it's so much different that giving it a different name is good. You've left out a very important part that your video displays that hits Kickstarter in the gut. You left that out. So it turns out that everybody is using cell phones. Right. That actually is a really great thing for me because everybody's carrying around a camera and everybody wants to communicate. They want to send pictures of their cat and all that sort of stuff. Right. And if you give them a microscope, they want to send pictures of their microbes. Mm -hmm. That's really the, the chord that I struck, I think. I've been trying to make a market for this device for a number of years. And it's just the last couple of years where people could understand what the thing is and what its value is. And it's, it's really the, the ability to use the cameras that everybody's carrying around to communicate and to share. The first few times I showed this thing out in public was on a public beach. You know, I pulled it out and, and had my phone on there, and pretty soon I had a crowd gathered around, and they were, oh, that's great. Oh, you know, oh, I understand. And, you know, hey, I can put my sample on there and look at these bugs moving around and then talk about it, too, so I can say, oh, this sample is from, you know, the beach, and it's, uh, you know, foam. You know, there's a lot of right. things that actually grow in foam. So, oh, it's foam, or, you know, you, you can do a narration of what you're doing. And So I want to make sure that people understand this. It's a microscope. He has it in his back pocket on the video and like jeans or whatever. But yeah. then you connect it to your smartphone, like your iPhone. In the video, he has like a big display screen and the microbes are flashing or, or in real time move. These germs are moving. They are alive at the same. I mean, it's alive, people. And it's yeah. on the screen. 
It's killing me. I was like, I had to be part of this. And then I thought he was going to be a jerk and be like, nah, man, you're not, I'm not talking to the DJ grandpa, but he was the, like the nicest guy. He's just like the guy in the video, man. If I, if I can use that cliche, he's like the guy in the movies. These devices that talk to each other, like in that video, I'm, right. I'm using my cell phone and it's uh, mirroring to a monitor behind me right. through a Apple TV, which is a thing that could be used in classrooms and stuff like that. So, and also something that nobody has, I mean, I'm the, now is the first time I'm saying it really, is that I have uh, created a mount for the iPad and other right. tablets too now. So you can use the microscope with your iPad and do the same thing. You know, you can also mirror that then through an Apple TV or other devices. Right. Which makes it great for, you know, presentations or you can just take that video and, you know, share it. One of the things that's become clear is that it sort of mirrors our society in that microbes are social. Right. And that's one of the aspects of the microscope that's cool is that the microscope is really good at looking at living microbes. Right. You put the sample on top of the lens, the microbes kind of drop to the bottom a little bit and do their thing on, right on the lens, so you get to look at them very closely. And it turns out they're interacting and zipping around and doing stuff, and they obviously are doing communication. And there's a bunch of different species that are all uh, zipping around in there together, and they're sticking their tongue out and licking each other. And I mean, it's 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 bizarre. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Yeah. And it sort of the, it mirrors this internet thing that's happening on uh, Facebook and all that sort of thing, where these, I'm hoping that these videos are going to end up. And so it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, microbes imitating Facebook. Man, you're an ad rep also. Dude, what sort, <laughs> how many skills do you have? I'm the one who coins the phrases here, man. I mean, I should have sent that over. I should have had my advanced people tell you that ahead of time. I'm the one who coins the phrases, but you're like two steps ahead of me, man. I admire that. I love that. You know, it's like when somebody wins the trophy and you're like, I'm so happy for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 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 really tired of looking at cats, so I'm I'm hoping that uh, <laughs> that this, uh, you know some microbes make it onto Facebook. There's one thing that I thought might be a safety hazard with your device. Okay. You said that you rub the sample, like the genetic sample, the the material, the bacteria, whatever, uh -huh. on whatever surface of the lens. Yeah. I was like, what if this is like hazardous material and you're in like some sort of site? It's right there exposed. It could be some sort of dangerous disease and it's right there exposed. My answer would be that I think there are ways of doing the same sort of thing with a removable slide. Um, right. It would be slightly different, but it, it's possible. And I'll be developing that, I think, over the next few months. Are you an avid inventor or is this like your first salvo? There's the joke where, you know, the true engineer, when he's on his deathbed, will be engineering a better deathbed. <laughs> and that's me. I just can't stop. It's a drug or something for me that I'm addicted to, and I just, I can't quit. You know, sometimes when the money rolls in on Kickstarter, people get new, man. They get a little new, and, <laughs> you know, it's shocking, but it happens. Well, this Kickstarter experience has been interesting. It's like getting married or doing something very public. Right. You put yourself out in public and people have a chance to pipe up and, you know, judge you or, you know, pat you on the back mostly, really. But right. it's a very public thing and it's yeah. a big deal, especially because it's a worldwide thing and it doesn't go away. You know, it's a, it defines you on the internet and all that.
Last week I went out to uh, the Washington State coast. There was a bunch of uh, debris on the beach from Japan. Right. One of the things I found was a Japanese refrigerator that was kind of tilted up so it was filled with, I don't know, it was a mixture of fresh water and uh, seawater. You know, they were inundated by that uh, tsunami a few, oh, couple years ago. Oh, gotcha. Okay, all right. Yeah, and so it washed a bunch of stuff out to sea, and finally that stuff is, is starting to uh, find its way onto the Washington State coast. Wow. But that's an interesting thing. So there's this refrigerator, and it's filled with this green goo, and I put some of that in, in one of my scopes. Wow, that was ah, the most exciting video I, I've ever made. It was What was the first uh, video game they ever came out with? Uh, you remember the one where there's a, it's like a, a pie-shaped mouth thing that's going around in a... You're talking about Pac-Man? Pac-Man, yeah. So Pac-Man obviously was created by somebody who looked through a microscope because these critters are just like that. They go chomping around and eating bacteria. It's almost uncanny the way it reflects the, a Pac-Man. So I had the microscope, the microbe scoped, stumbling over that name. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> I use it all over the place and it turns out that there's hardly any microbes in our houses. They're, our houses are really, really generally uh, sterile. Right. And what I've come to understand is that our world we live in today, our modern you know, house and everything is very sterile. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But the thing about bacteria, man, I mean, the harder we fight to eliminate it, it, it is like every other organism. It fights to live. I used to be a germaphobe. And this device has, changed, has really has changed my life. It's, no, 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 no. I, I'm not a germaphobe anymore. I, I actually, you know, because I've tested like bird crap, right? Right, okay. You know, there might be a lot of viruses in there, which are too small to see, but there's not a lot of uh, bacteria in bird poop, which is surprising, but it's true. If your friends could only see you now, man. <laughs> well, bacteria isn't where you think it is a lot of times, you know? You're selling this product, man. Bird poop, you're selling this product, man. I saw the, the creatures dancing around, fighting, all of that sort of stuff, and that was super cool. Let me say something, too, more about what you said so that the videos, I purposely made sure that all those videos were shot with standard microscopes and just the iPhones. Some of the videos are shot with an iPhone 4S, and some are shot with an iPhone 5S. Mm -hmm. But it's not hard to improve upon that by using, you know, a, a fancier camera or, you know, a little bit higher quality optics that a professional would use. But it would drive up the cost of that device by probably half again as much. And I just was adamant about keeping the price down where, where young people could dream about affording it. Well, I want people to go out there and if you're driving by Kickstarter, I want you to check out the Microbe Scope by 4D Optical. And if you can't find it there, try Nick Bratt. That's B-R-A-T-T. -T. And if you can't find it there, go to djgrandpa.com where we'll post links for Nick, man, because I'm very excited about this project. And do, I don't know if I say that every week or do I say every story? I don't know, but I am actually excited about this project. DJ Grandpa's never lied to you, man. Remember that. Dude, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thank you. Catacombs is an award-winning cooperative game for two to five players. Using wooden discs, 
Players need dexterity, creativity, and concentration to successfully make their way through the catacomb. Players control the heroes as they fight their way through a set of rooms. Each hero is represented by a wooden disc, and upgrade items can be bought from the merchant. The heroes must battle a host of monsters on the way to face their final opponent, one of the four catacomb lords. Aaron, dude, welcome to the crib, man. Thanks very much. Yeah, you got this super cool game called Catacombs. You've won all sorts of awards from like the Dice Tower to some sort of Golden Geek Award and all sorts of stuff, man. You got like all sorts of endorsements everywhere from people who, who are like, you know, like legends in the gaming industry. So how did you accomplish all of that, man? And like, it feels like three or four, well, three years, four years? Well, when we first started out, we did not expect that at all. So myself, my two colleagues, Mark Kelsey and Ryan Amos, we sat down one day and we said, well, let's just see what happens with this. We weren't expecting anything. Right. And to our surprise, it got a really great reception. Right. And of course, this Kickstarter now helps us to raise the money to do the brand new edition. Well, it says on the page that this is your first time to Kickstarter, but it's like you funded several editions or, you know, a couple editions. How'd you do that? I mean, did you guys like come out of pocket or were you on a different fundraising platform? Originally, we just did it out of our own pocket. Yeah, that's quite an expense, I hear. The manufacturing costs continue to go up. Right. You know, now we're planning to have it printed in Germany as opposed to in China. Why Germany? Germany is very well respected in the industry for the quality of their components. Now, we really want all of the cardboard and paper used in the product to be environmentally sustainable. So this particular company can guarantee that it's FSC certified. So you're putting standards on people now? (laughs) You've gotten to that point? (laughs) The environmental dimension is very important to me personally. Since we were going to do this whole process again via Kickstarter, I really wanted to ensure that this dimension of the product was not neglected because I don't see that necessarily in a lot of other board game products. Germany is the gaming capital of the world, right? Do I have that right? Yes, it is. There just seems to be like this endless unquenchable thirst for games everywhere. Well, there does seem to be a bit of a mini renaissance happening again at the moment where people do, in our increasingly digitized world, people want to actually meet up in person and play games. For example, where we are, there's several board gaming type cafes that have opened up where you can actually go and get a drink and get some food or whatever and then sit around with your friends and and play board games. Battles are fought by skillfully flicking wooden discs across each board. The heroes are flicked first with the aim of destroying all the monsters in each room. The monsters respond by trying to hit the heroes who can be damaged or stunned. Was that a eureka moment or something when you were like, well, what if we play the game this way? In what sense? Kind of like a pinball machine. You have to use strategy, but you also have to use a physical skill to be able to hit a puck. You know, it's almost like hitting a puck or sliding a puck. And it bounces off of a retainer or one of those uh, spatial elements that are round in your game. And then you have to hit or knock off another puck. And that's what I mean by it seems super cool in that way. That really was the innovative element of the product. The fact that you had this fantasy theme, so taking this dungeon crawl concept and marrying it 
with this dexterity idea where you are expected to flick the wooden discs that represent your hero inside this dungeon environment into the monsters in order to do damage to them and ultimately to clear each room until you reach the final boss character at the end, Mm -hmm. uh, the big bad, so to speak. And then hopefully your party of four heroes is cooperatively victorious. And then you win the game. Right, because I'm thinking about your game. I'm thinking about that all people aren't created equal, you know. And I know we're taught that from whatever school, but there's just some people who have more talent than others. And so I'm thinking with your game, that might be worth a lot. You know, someone with the dexterity type of skills or the strategic type of skills to see the angles from different positions and flick their puck. So I see some people almost like maybe like a pool shark or a catacomb shark. I mean, have you run across those Those people just so good at playing your game? I wasn't one of those people. Um, my flicking <laughs> skills are not that uh, not that great, not that preternatural by any stretch of the imagination. So right. I'm definitely not a uh, definitely not a catacombs shark myself. Right. But we did meet some people when we were doing our play testing that did have like a natural affinity to it. My brother, for example, you know, has got great hand-eye coordination, and he was very very good at doing like trick shots and things of that nature. So. I totally understand what you're what you're saying. Yeah, we aren't created equally. Um, when it comes to my own product, my own game, I'm definitely not created equally. That's for sure, right? No, so, I would, um, I would lose. I would lose, man. <laughs> well, I don't know. You might be better than me. No, I want a copy <laughs> of your game, but I don't expect it to be a happy moment for me. <laughs> you know, I expect to get beaten. You know, basically. That's pretty much my expectation going in myself. So, um, right. uh, <laughs> anyway, it's a lot of fun regardless. Right, right. No, 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 yeah. even, if, even if you're not that great at it, it's a lot of fun. I encourage anyone out there to, to go and check out Catacombs on Kickstarter because, like I said, they only have a couple days left. But it looks like a seriously cool game, and I think you guys would enjoy it if you did go out there and check it out. But as I was saying, has Kickstarter changed your business model any that you've had success on it? First of all, there was some challenges in preparing for it because Kickstarter is not available in Canada until very, very recently. In fact, it's the third country now that that Kickstarter supports. We knew that there was a lot of board game content that was being crowdfunded on Kickstarter. It was really the the, the kind of the go-to platform. No, I understand. So then we went, okay, yeah, like there's been some projects now that have thrown through Kickstarter Canada. It's also new in Spain, and I've had a couple from Spain, and Mm -hmm. I think it's also new in Australia, and I've had several from Australia. So it's opening up a little bit. So that's great then. So they're adding some other countries. I wasn't even familiar with that myself. So it was Kickstarter Canada when they launched that last summer was the third one that they had added support for. Because some people would... You know, I would say, and out of Australia, and they're like, no, 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 we're not legal. We're not legal. As far as I was like, dude, dude, they don't care. All they care is that you got your business partner and your paperwork in the right place. And so we had to be careful. You know, certain people would be, want me to be careful about, you know, location, location, location. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I'll work it out. Okay, you're not in Australia. Okay, okay. You're in the UK. We're, in, we're back in London. <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly cue that fake british accent i have a very bad british accent so so do i and i'm originally from the uk myself so i don't think i can even do it <laughs> yours is all washed out man 
pretty much. <laughs> I lost it. For anyone out there, check out Catacomb, C-A-T-A-C-O-M-B-S. They are from Elzra Games, and they're out of Canada, and they have a game that's won numerous awards. And they also have the EU-friendly sticker on there, because sometimes there's a little beef going on about that. But I think it might be solved by now, so it may be old news for me to even mention it. And just check them out. They got a couple of days left on Kickstarter. I think you guys will really like it. It has a really cool way to play it. And if you can't find it there, you get lost for any reason, go to djgrandpa.com and we'll have links for Aaron and his partners. Dude, thanks for coming on the show, man. Have a great day, okay? You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank all our guests. I'd also like to thank our listeners. Each week, we couldn't do it without you guys. A special thanks goes out to Trevor Williams and to my mentor, The Mumbler, for providing music to DJ Grandpa's crib. Thanks to Jeffrey Banks, Bertram Zeke, and Zach Samal, our assistant editors. Until next week, so say we all. The homepage for DJ Grandpa's crib is djgrandpa.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, DJ Grandpa's crib all one word. Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, which helps other people discover the show. And don't forget to leave a comment while you're there. Our producer is Von Rupert. The executive producer of this and all Bedrock Communications podcasts is A.F. Rufus. <laughs>